0: Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm Alan and today as I record this, I'm sitting next to a beautiful lake. Got my coffee next to me and my journal and I'm just kind of ready to bring in the day here. And I wanna talk about this concept we talk about from time to time. Change of place equals change of perspective. When I go somewhere else, I always experience something new. I experience new ideas, new thoughts, things that I've been stewing on for a while. And even as I sit here today, I just have new thoughts and dreams on the horizon. When was the last time you got away? Maybe it's a quarterly off-site day. Maybe it's a couple days that you need to have a retreat or advance with your spouse. One of those getaways we want to provide for you. If you're a male pastor, you're invited to apply for the Phoenix Fill-Up. Last year, we went just outside of Phoenix. We had four days together, and it was amazing. The Hospitality... The curated experiences and a couple surprises we throw in there for you as well this is not a conference this is a chance for you to get away and to refresh your soul we would love for you to join us in phoenix on the 14th of the 17th of april now this is right after kind of the rush and some of the madness of easter we know you'll be a little bit tired and we like it that way come and recover with us eat some amazing food have some awesome experiences we had a ton of fun last year. So we'd love to have you. But if you can't join us for that, we would just encourage you to go over to our Stay Forth, Go Forth page and just look around. This fall, we have a ladies gathering in Colorado at a lodge just for ladies called the Rocky Mountain Renewal. We have Mastermind Dinners. We have other events that will refresh you and will get you out of your thinking. If you're feeling a little bit stuck, maybe it's time to get away. So go to Stay Forth, Dot com backslash go forth to see some of our experiences, think, pray, and maybe take the risk to apply for the Phoenix fill up April 14 to 17, just outside of sunny Phoenix. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm Alan Briggs, and I'm David Bloom. And we're excited to be with you guys, but I have to say we are coming from two different locations and we're going to share about that in the podcast. So just know that I am excited for what's ahead for David, but it's also sad. And that's true of change. We're going to talk about change today. Now, some of you, when I say change and innovation, you think excitement. When others of you hear that, You think, oh, change is really hard and I'm handling too much change right now. I don't want you to talk about change. And we are going to talk about all of it because we believe that change is opportunity. But before that, change is loss. But I know this, change is disorienting. We're going to explore that today. So David and I are both coaches and consultants for Stay Forth. And we also have ministries of our own, families of our own, friendships, and we navigate change all the time. If you're listening to this and you're human, you navigate change all the time. And I think part of the anxiety that we feel today is simply the amount of change going on in our world. I mean, there's so much changing from technology to our families to relationships. How do we stay up with everything that is changing creates an extreme amount of anxiety. And I think leaders feel it a little bit more perhaps, because we have to shoulder a lot of the change in our organizations or teams. So if you are feeling fears and anxieties about change, you are in good company. So do we. And we're going to be vulnerable. We're going to share some of those today. But when we think big changes ahead, the first thing our brains go to is fear. We tend to think, what am I going to lose? And I had an example of this, the, the principal at my son's school called, and he's, he's a just an amazing guy. I'm a big fan of him. And I sit on our little school board and he called me in the summer and he said, Hey man, I got something that I need to tell you. And my first thought where I went to was, Oh no, he got picked off by another school. He got recruited somewhere else. He's leaving. And really what he wanted to share is that our school had exceeded the expectations and had ridden up to kind of the top few percent of performing and had kind of a greatest improved in the district level and he was calling cuz he wanted to celebrate with somebody. Mm-hmm. But so quickly our minds go to something's wrong, I'm going to lose something, even of us, even from us who who think we're positive. David and I are positive guys, but we mm-hmm. want to share in the change process that it doesn't always start that way. In fact, it usually doesn't start that way. So as we kind of dig into some of these principles, I want you to think about this as we talk today of more of what got you here isn't going to get you there the skills, the the attitude, the mindset that got you to this spot, we're going to have to learn. We're going to have to adapt, and we're going to have to change. Leadership is about change, period. We're helping others change. We're helping them grow. And so that kind of frames our time today. But David, you've had a lot going on in your life. You shared with us right before sabbatical, and, and you had an awesome time of discernment and fun and joy and, and laughs and travels during sabbatical. Uh, but why don't you update us? A lot has changed in your life. Share with us about your next stop along the way and really what led you to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One thing that um, I didn't share about sabbatical was my sabbatical came uh, right after I stepped down from my pastoral position at the time in Colorado Springs. So I called it sabbatical. Some people would call it unemployment. Um, but i I was entering into a, a season of rest with the sabbatical, but it was also a season of of change. There was like in some ways it was kind of hard to rest because I didn't know exactly what was next. And so God kind of wrecked me in that season of sabbatical to, you know reshape my identity because I was entering into a new season and I didn't have my kind of professional role to fall back on from an identity perspective. And then it was also filled with, with hope and excitement of what was coming around the corner. Yeah, so here's just a snapshot of of our journey, um, especially our journey in Colorado. So Susanna and I got married in, in 2012, and six months after we got married, we moved out to kind of the middle of nowhere in uh, the mountains of Colorado. So it's May of 2013, we go and we help plant a church in the mountains of Rout County, and it's called a little town called Clark, Colorado. And Susanna and I did that for four and a half years, and I absolutely loved it. God did amazing things. Talk about change in that—it was like drinking from a fire hose. Um, everything was new. Everything was a challenge. Uh, everything was something to be processed and adapted to. Uh, so that was an incredible season of change. And then, Alan, you and I met. In the middle of that, you became my coach, um, and that showed me just the the beauty of coaching in the midst of change, in the midst of a season where you're learning so many new things at once. And through our relationship, we moved more towards the Colorado Springs area on the front range, and we began to do ministry together in a church context, as well as coaching and consulting on the side. And so God did amazing things through that and through that community community. Um, But ultimately, uh, through a season of discernment, which is really hard, that's a whole nother podcast episode of how do you discern between two things, and oftentimes between two or three good things that seem um, equally as good. So, uh, but wrestling through that with Susanna, my wife, and um, friends and family, we just decided that, that God was calling us away from the position. So we had pastored for two years on the front range, and that, um, you know it's a long story, but ultimately that uh, God had us somewhere else; that our current spot wasn't a great fit long term for us, and um, God was moving moving us on. And but the problem with that is, oftentimes you have something very concrete that you're moving on to. Uh, we didn't have that, and so it was a leap of faith. And Alan, we wrestled through that. What's the timeline? You know, do you wait till you have? Um, something in front of you before you you make those kind of decisions and we just felt convicted um, on a, a few different levels that we were supposed to to move on knowing before knowing where we were gonna land and uh, i don't know if anyone else listening has done that but it's freaky and sometimes you feel like is this is this wise? Is this responsible? Is this good stewardship? And we got all sorts of advice and all sorts of things, sometimes solicited and unsolicited advice. And, uh, but we made the decision to uh, leave that position right before the summer and then move into a season of sabbatical where I could rest and process the last season, all the ups and downs and the, the beautiful parts and the difficult parts. Um, and, uh, that summer was a gift. It was hard, it kind of wrecked me, but that sabbatical was a gift. And during that sabbatical, a church reached out to me and um, actually it was a church kind of right down the road from where we started in Colorado. So about 40 minutes from where we lived in Clark is a town called Steamboat Springs. and a church reached out to me, a church that I uh, that I know. Uh, the pastor, uh, previous pastor was a mentor of mine. I have a connection with this church, and they reached out to me um, because they needed uh, a new lead pastor. And we went through the interview process, and uh, Susan and I prayed and discerned. And after you know months of processing that together and processing with, with you, Alan, um, we came to the decision that we would move out, and uh, we moved to Steamboat. We just moved in September 22nd, so it hasn't been very long. And now, Alan, we get to do this podcast purely remotely, which is sad to not be in the same room together, but it's beautiful that technology allows us to continue doing this podcast together and doing interviews and, um, yeah, creating content. So it's extremely exciting. The transition has been... um it's weird because we've been here. So it feels like we never left. And it also feels like we're on vacation. And so that'll soon go away. But it's been just this kind of homecoming, so to speak, because Suze and I deeply missed this place and this valley. Um, We're up in the mountains. For those of you who don't live in Colorado, Steamboat Springs is is up in the mountains about four hours from Colorado Springs. So it's a little bit of a drive, but um, Alan and I will still uh, see each other and continue to create and continue to coach and consult and do this podcast. So um, that's a, a, a snapshot of the story. God brought us here and uh, eventually brought us back. And we're kind of pinching ourselves because this place is such a, a special place to us. And uh, it. we kind of left a piece of our heart here. And uh, being able to come back is like, yeah, it's surreal. It's surreal. And so We're navigating the change right now and, um, new community, uh, new church, a new team that I get to be a part of and lead. Um, it's been amazing, but it's, uh, again, you're in that season of, of overwhelm to an extent where you're trying to figure out new systems and new relationships and, uh, and, uh, everything's been so great so far, but, uh, with it comes just differences and challenges. Well, it's, let me let me give my perspective on, on this. is
0: Just that we had the, the conversations along the way, David. I loved you invited me into the story. And I was actually navigating change of, of my own. So it was an interesting season for us to both be navigating change. And really for me, God was leading me to do this full time, to be yeah. able to create content around healthy leadership, to be able to coach more leaders. I felt like my congregation had sort of expanded to be Leaders throughout the whole country who were kingdom leaders to include more business leaders, in that and nonprofit leaders, and in order to expand that, I didn't want to give the church leftovers, and so we were having conversations about that. At the same time as you were discerning, and so what was clear for me is a change was coming, and uh, I was I've always been very excited for you. You're a mountain guy, and so if you guys haven't been to Colorado, I'm kind of coming to you from the city. I'm looking up at the mountains. David is in the mountains and is beautiful. He's suffering mm-hmm. for Jesus. there in Steamboat, just a beautiful place, which I will be visiting and recording on location from time to time. But uh, that that it's clear that God had you there. And it's cool to look back. Uh, One of my favorite Steve Jobs quotes, I think I even mentioned this in the process, it's hard to connect the dots looking forward, you can only connect them looking backward. And when you look backward, it makes sense. God brought you here raised you up for a season got this podcast off the ground i mean mm-hmm. thanks to yeah. you david for us even having the podcast it was really your idea let's do this together there's a lot of cohesion here and um you know really you do a majority of the work to be able to continue to keep the production value you know high and, and all that so it's just cool to look back and see how god shaped you during this time and of course as a friend it's sad because it's you know not easy for us to just get together every week for us to be able to go out to eat for us to be able to, you know, kind of dream and scheme a little bit more, but really excited for both of you guys. Um, what do you think were maybe one or two really hard things about the change when you were in the midst of it?
1: Well, well, the first thing is relationships that in two years you build relationships with people that, um, that are based on proximity, right? And so to to move away from that proximity, the proximity that we had to be able to get together and have face to face conversations, and yeah, share good uh, food and drink and things like that, and, and dream and scheme from a kingdom perspective is something that I'm I'm gonna miss for sure. And so there's a grieving of the things that you knew um, while looking forward to exciting kind of new chapters, there's always that grieving and that grieving is, is important to, to kind of name. And I think you'll probably talk about this more, Alan, but, um, to figure out like, what are the things that I'm giving up? Cause in change, you're always going to be giving up something. You're always going to be leaving a new season or, and, or you're always going to be leaving a season behind. And, and that change equals loss to an extent. And we tend to, we tend to see that
0: first. We tend to always see the loss first. And there's a few, I mean, everybody's wired up differently. My personality type gets excited for change. But if I'm honest, I also I also realize something big is going to be lost in the process. Some people immediately see the loss and maybe are a glass half empty kind of person, regardless of how it is, you're completely right. Change equals loss before it equals opportunity. And I think that's part of the disorienting piece, maybe even just a loss of control. I know how to do life here in this place, in this season, in this position, in, in this house, in this season of life. I talk to a lot of empty nesters who just don't know how to navigate the change. Mm-hmm. They feel the loss of it. They haven't yet felt the new opportunity of that. So you're right on about that.
1: Yeah. I was just, uh, had a coaching call this morning and, um, the, the guy that I'm talking with, he basically got kind of two part-time jobs added to his plate and things that he loves, um, things that he's wired for, he's gifted at, and they've been a financial blessing. They've been, um, just great for him, but he's now transitioning to a workload that requires kind of a tighter schedule and, a a more intentional use of his time. And he's leaving and grieving the loss of flexibility. So he had flexibility with his family to where he could be present times of the day that most people couldn't be. And so I'm like, have you had that conversation with your wife? Have you grieved the loss of flexibility? Because that's a reality. You you don't have that same flexibility. And so you're going to have to reorient and figure out how to be present to your family in a probably a more scheduled, structured manner. And he's like, "Yeah, we have it." And I'm like, "It's probably good to come together, acknowledge it that this has changed. It's different. We feel it. Let's grieve it, and then let's figure out how to how to move forward." And uh, and and even sometimes that's an amazing thing that's happening.
0: It isn't even right. always. I have more added to my plate, or I'm going to immediately I'm going to lose something deep and and exciting. I coach leaders through sabbatical, and so pastors look forward to this and are going, "Are you kidding me?" I get you know, four or eight or 10 weeks off. And then they're terrified because they realize, man, what, what do I do now? And, uh, and so I actually walk them through that and it's crazy to think about like, this is my dream. Like I can, you know, they're picturing again, they're picturing mojitos on the beach kind of thing. And you realize like, well, that's not really what it is, but they just don't know what to do. And, um, one thing that I say about change, I'm kind of a change nerd, by the way, like on my days off, I'll like read change management books. I'll read like adaptation books. I'll read like consulting books. And I know that's super nerdy, but I love what God is doing. And he's sort of refining in a change. Mm -hmm. It's usually not the change. It's how it's done. You could have one of the worst things coming up in your life. And I've seen people navigate change so well with grace, with, with love, with care, with intention, with purpose. And I've seen people have something really good coming and it just wrecks them because they weren't prepared for it. And so really change, it isn't about change management. Change is about change leadership. Like we have to lead ourselves well through the change. We have to be intentional. For me, when I was facing, can I go full-time? Should I go full-time? Is it time to invest fully in Stay Forth Designs? I had the conversations first with my wife. And then it was working out, okay, how do we have these conversations with my older kids and then my younger kids who aren't going to fully understand you and I had those conversations, David. I had conversations with the leadership. I had conversations with close friends, mentors, and sort of knowing how every day it felt like pushing a boulder uphill because I had to lead through change, not just manage myself through change. So I think that's an important principle. And you're right, David, it could be in the hard, the good, anything in between. Let's kind of treat this a little bit like a consulting session. Feel free to chime in on any of these kind of things. But here's what I'm learning. Whether we do consulting for a team Or we're doing leadership um, with someone, i.e. coaching with someone, leading them into growth or change. Here are some things that I want to get really specific on. And David, feel free to kind of talk into any of Mm -hmm. these things. But here's what I'd say. Here's what to do when navigating change. Think about like a journey. You have to navigate it. You don't just happen into it if it's going to be healthy, lasting, and sustainable. Before David and I continue this episode, we want you to hear from one of our amazing coaches, Karen Harper. So we're taking a break from our episode to hear from one of our Stay Forth Designs coaches. And I know I'm a little bit partial, but we have an awesome team of coaches. So there are four of us who coach, and today I want you to hear a little bit of Karen Harper's story. So Karen, thanks for coming on the podcast.
2: Absolutely, Alan, fun to be here.
0: So give us a little bit of background on you. You've done a whole lot of things. You have quite a diverse uh, repertoire of experiences. Tell us about you, Karen.
2: Yeah, indeed, well, um, yeah, I've had a chance to be in missions for about 10 years. I was in the business world um, as a business owner for about three and then um, have been in church ministry, church leadership for about 10 years. I don't know how that all fits into my like, you know, 23 years or whatever.
0: <laughs> but it uh, it is a complete package. Uh, you have so much experience and you bring that to the table in coaching Um, tell us a little bit about how you kind of awaken women to their calling as well that's something that's
2: super unique and i know you're really passionate about yeah i think i just so want to see people really operating in their sweet spot and knowing okay this is who god uniquely designed me to be and this is what he's calling me to, and so yeah, whether that's in one-on-one coaching, whether that's in a retreat format, I just love to be able to help women discover like what truly makes your heart come alive. You know, what are what are the things that would allow you to operate in your sweet spot? No matter where that is, you know, if that's in ministry, leadership, if that's um, in the business world, whatever. Like, how do you how do you get to do your job in a way that is life giving day after day?
0: Awesome, I love it. Yeah, the unique design thread that runs through everything that we do. Karen, you're doing a lot. Why did you choose to jump onto our team and become a coach?
2: Yeah, I think um, coaching so much of just what I said, of just desiring to get to walk Um, life on life and helping people really live in a way that's energizing and I think the Stay Forth team I love so much just because it is about okay how do we do life in a healthy way and how do we first how does it start with identity first and not our impact so I just love that I feel like we have such a a team where we're all very like-minded in that of going okay we can actually live out what God's called us to do without burning out
0: ironically I think it would be easy for our team to burn out. I mean, we're doing a lot. A lot of our our team is primarily in ministry, uh, doing some business stuff on the side. And uh, so we're really careful about that as a team, but you've been an awesome fit to the team. Guys, uh, if you sense a cohesion with Karen, uh, you can go to our Stay Forth page. It's stayforth.com backslash coaching. Uh, Take a look at what we do coaching wise, our 10 tools and 10 sessions. Also, you can check out the bios over there. Karen, keep up the good work. Thanks, Ellen. Number one, you got to name your specific fears. You've got to, I say, describe the monster under the bed. If that's the fear, there's something that actually in us is released when we just write it down. I'm afraid of blank happening or not happening or losing that. There, there's a fear associated with that. Secondly, you've got to name your speed preference. Kind of what is your speed mojo, your regular pace? And I use a tool, Stay Forth has a tool called the Change Speedometer. Where in one sense, I would say a one out of 10 and change is to just boil the frog. These are people that it's all about slow evolution and not revolution. 10 would be rip the Band-Aid off. And where do you sit from 1 to 10 from boil, slowly boiling the water to 10 just ripping the Band-Aid off? So David, where would you put yourself in that kind of change continuum from 1 to 10? Give yourself a number.
1: Yeah, I would say probably like a, a four or a five. And part of that is is due to how I'm wired. I'm an Enneagram nine. And so I can get really comfortable in rhythm and routine, which can be a good thing. Um, and so it takes me a little bit of of time to uh, kind of gear up for change. And so I might be thinking about it for a year before I start communicating it, you know, depending on what it is, um, and so yeah, I can I can be, I can be on the slower side of change, which can lend itself uh, great in in some situations, and in others, it can be too slow. So it, it kind of all depends on the situation.
0: And I'd probably put myself at at an eight, maybe seven on a healthier day, and what that means is that I get really excited for change, but I don't see the negative, the downside, how that's going to affect other people. What that also says, David, is that between you and I, when we're talking about change, whether it has to do with Stay forth or the podcast or anything else, we're going to have a gap. I just move faster than you do. It doesn't mean that that's good or bad. It just kind of is. I think that's our pace that we're used to moving at. There's Mm -hmm. going to be a gap there. And so you're probably going to help me discern in some ways. You're going to probably make better decisions, but I'm going to make some faster decisions. And so I'm going to help kind of scoot people along in the process and you're going to kind of help ground people what i find on teams whether staff teams elder teams um boards is that you're always going to have some people lower on the spectrum and they usually are high on discernment if they're a little slower on speed they're higher on discernment the folks that are usually higher on speed are a little lower on discernment me included and so um to say the faster we see change the less likely we are to kind of see the issues with it and we also serve on a team we need to submit one to another we need to make sure that We don't just see the the slower folks on the team, like they're trying to slow us down, like they're not full of faith, anything like that. They just have discernment. They see things that we don't. So it's been really helpful to kind of name that. So that would be the second piece is to name your speed preference, your speed pace that you're just used to normally. And usually if you don't know what it is, the team can name it for you. This has been incredibly unifying to see the difference between the teams. They're not a naysayer. They're just built for a little more grounding. The next one is name your losses. We said change equals loss you've got to name the losses i'm going to lose blank and for some it can be as simple as i'm going to lose the amount of vacation that you had or the sabbatical policy that you had or the income that your family had grown comfortable with or you're going to going to lose great friendships in that area you're going to lose you know neighbors that you're close to whatever that is name those losses so first you're naming the specific fears then you're naming your speed preference You're naming your losses along the way. And then the next one is spend time with the change privately. If you're navigating change, don't go the moment you decide it, throw it out on social media and say, here's what's happening. You've got to spend time with the Lord first, with the Almighty, to ask him to even grieve through these things. Journal by yourself, then let your spouse in. Then let close friends in down the line. Continue to discern and talk. And if you haven't made the decision yet, let people in if you have made the decision yet make sure that you follow those concentric circles of letting people know because sometimes people throw it out there on social media and their mom or dad doesn't even know yet their best friend doesn't even know that's just not good in terms of navigating change and we see that a lot it's a confusing space although people are called friends anybody can see that post and you don't have to be a close friend to know that next big thing about somebody and i see people actually get that confused quite a bit causes a lot of disruption in a bad way within organizations. Uh, the next thing that I say in the process is conduct small experiments or pilots. Whether you've decided to do something or not, don't rip the whole bandit off. Do the whole big thing. Maybe you want to try some out some new program or process. Try it small at first. Call it an experiment. Call it a pilot. If you think you maybe want to move somewhere else, then you go visit that place. You go talk to leaders there on the ground. You get different perspectives. What's good? What's hard? Maybe you don't go that first weekend and put an offer in on a house somewhere else, but you're taking an experiment, a pilot, just biting off a little bit and kind of sampling that I think is really important. Even if you're in an existing organization, you're launching something new, start something small, give it a shot. If you want to do this thing every night of the week and make it the new norm, try it one night of the week and make sure that it fits for your business, your organization, your church, your ministry, whatever that may be. And uh, the last thing that I think is really helpful in the process is just naming the fact that this is a season of change or disruption. And so David, for you and Sue's, to just say, this is just a season of transition, of change. You're going to get some things right. You're going to get some things wrong. You need to have grace on yourselves. You may be, you may overinvest there in people and realize in six months you're tired because you've been doing a lot of dinners with people and you need more margin. You may underinvest a little bit in people. You may overgrieve or undergrieve in your mind or whatever, but a season of change or disruption, we just need to have a lot of grace on ourselves. We're not going to be able to just pick up where we left off. There there are going to be some gaps in that. So David, any of those sticking out to you that have been um, especially helpful during this change process you've been in?
1: Yeah, I think the last one its setting that expectation that things are going to be um, a little chaotic. And that's okay because there are seasons. So a lot of times we we get to something and, and we're like, we have to control it or manipulate it or micromanage it. And to kind of set the expectations gives you a level of margin and a, a chance to breathe and a chance to give yourself grace and to give your new situation grace. And so I, it's kind of like... Coming from the mountains and going to a city, uh, we struggled with traffic. And so every time there was traffic, we like we didn't handle it well. We're frustrated, we're stressed out. But people who live at these the city, city dwellers. Yeah, yeah. We're these just like,
0: busy city dwellers always going to the
1: store and yeah, and we're like, how can how can people live their life like this? I mean, in Clark, if you had to look both ways at a stop sign, that was that was frustrating. Meaning if there was is a car coming, yeah. Or you have to stop for cows as a, for, you know, if they're, they're moving cows from one pasture to another, Moved. but elk, for, yes, all of that. So basically though, if you're, if you live in that situation, if you live in the city, you're used to traffic, it becomes part of your life. Your expectation for it is, is there already. And therefore you don't react to it, um, With frustration and stress all the time because it's it's part of your reality and so for me to expect that change is going to bring some adaptation and it's going to bring some frustration it's going to bring some learning moments and some mistakes as well because it's it's new that helps me to enter into change with the right posture that i'm going to expect that this is going to be a little chaotic it's okay Give myself the grace, give others the grace um, to walk through it. I think you know, starting with that expectation will completely change your outlook. And it's funny because it's like, of course it's change, but really you have to name it and you have to own it um, because from that flows some implications that I think really help moving forward. So that that posture of knowing it's change has been helpful for me. And the other thing too is there are a lot of emotions that come with it and. I don't know. We can we can dismiss emotions, but emotions are generally uh, indicators of a deeper problem. And so, naming your fears is a massive part of it. Of like, I have these gut feelings and these gut emotions, and I can either dismiss them and say emotions don't matter, whatever, or I can kind of follow them as breadcrumbs towards what's the real fear. And, um, instead of stuffing your, your feelings, your emotions, let them lead you to what the real fear is, what the kind of the real monster under the bed, like you were saying is, and then naming it, uh, you shine light on it and it's one, it's not as scary. And two, you can actually deal with it. You can deal with the underlying fear that's causing those emotions. So I think that's massive. And to do it with, if you have a spouse that you're doing that change with, uh, name those things together.
0: And it's it's really only fair. I'm glad you brought up the spouse because one of the two usually feels the change first. I mean, it's really rare that they both feel it at the same time. So that means we have to have grace on the one that's just finding out, hey, this is a thing. And so I mean, it's kind of like you've known a long time what you were going to talk to somebody about in a hard conversation or whatever. They're just processing it for the first minute. Mm-hmm. They just thought you wanted to show up and have coffee, and then you're gonna break up with them, you know, like what's going on? And so that's, I think, where we need extra grace for the people just finding out. And we are terrible at this in the church because many times we think that we've been dreaming in this change process for months or even years with the team. And we think in 10 minutes, people are going to go sign up for the change process and be excited about it. It just doesn't work that way. You're going to feel loss, resistance. People may tear up. Uh, by the way, as, as you are making a change, don't expect everybody everybody else to be excited about your change because to them, it equals loss. They may say, oh, I'm so excited for you, but they might not, may not even say that. They're just thinking about themselves, not that they're selfish. They're just human thinking, oh, we're going to lose David and Sue's, or oh, we're going to lose the kind of friendship that we had before. And just to give people time to process that, I know that can be hard, especially for us guys or us fixers or visionaries. You know, We're heading to the future. Let's forget the past, but really we have to have the slowness to sit in that moment and just to be able to process that slowly with spouse, friends, anybody affected by that situation. So just be prepared as well. If you are trying to change from the inside out in an organization, just be prepared not to be popular. The person that kind of you know throws up the white flag and says, hold on a second, or at least the stop sign, we need to slow down. We need to rethink our processes Is is not going to be Uh, maybe taken in, in the best way, people are maybe going to be offended, people are going to be slow and resistant to change, but that's just part of the process. Well, many folks have talked about leadership with these three different tasks, is that leaders bring direction, protection, and order. And many times it's said of pastors that pastors are there to lead, feed, and protect and it's really the same thing. So the idea of direction is that when we are setting the course for change, we're bringing direction. We need to do that gracefully but also courageously. To say, here's where I believe that we are going. To discern well, it isn't just me and I've heard from God so we're doing this, but how do we discern well as a team that that piece of direction? But secondly, protection, to be able to lead well so that we can protect our people from unneeded, you know, Issues in the process, pains, uh, things that sneak back up, fears, insecurities. And so any leader can bring direction, but it's really hard to bring direction and protection as we are leading through a change. And then the last thing that a leader does is bring order to the process. And that maybe is is where we have the greatest challenge in front of us with change leadership is not only to direct, here's the direction we're heading in to protect. We want to make sure the process is done well, but here's order. Here are some of our next steps. Here's how we need to discern this. Here's how we need to hear from people once we have decided. Here's how we need to bring people together. Here's how we need to respond. We're not going to do any of this, right? We're not going to have gossip. We're not going to have name calling. And so I just want to challenge you leaders listening is that those are our jobs. If we lead anyone from a family to a large organization, to a church, to lead, feed, and protect, to direct, protect, and bring order To those that we lead. So I think that's really important within the change process. But let me give kind of what I think happens in the change process and and to help name it. I've said the word disorientation a few times. It is disorienting to go through change when you realize what got me here is not going to get me there. It can bring that anxiety. Many leaders, I was actually talking to one last week. I'm going to begin coaching this leader. He's doing amazing things. Their church is at an all time high. They're doing Great, great things, but he feels disoriented because he's heading into a new season. Maybe a new season of life, a new season of family, a new season of the organization where you feel like we've succeeded. Success can be disorienting. Sabbatical or rest can be disorienting. Being financially stable can be disorienting because you've always wrestled with debt and you think, what now? Even good things can be disorienting. If you realize I've kind of put out all the fires in an organization, man, maybe stability can be disorienting. And so I think we live in this arc of orientation where we are brief for what's ahead. We, we look ahead, then disorientation when we realize what got us here isn't going to get us there. Name that disorientation. That's hard. That can be insecure. But then the beauty is that God is reorienting us, is bringing us into the new normal. And really, David, that's what you and I do during coaching. We're, we're literally helping people reorient for their next season of growth, of maturity, of becoming the people God has uniquely designed them to be and the organization of that. And that's essentially consulting as well. I'm starting a consulting process right now with an Ethiopian evangelical church, amazing church in Denver that I'm getting to walk alongside of for six months, along with Eric, one of our consultants and coaches on our team. And we are getting to help them to reorient for their next season and the vision that they have ahead of them, because what got them here is not going to get them there. So David, any thoughts on that On kind of coaching and consulting amidst the disorientation and reorientation of leaders?
1: Yeah, I would say for leaders, when you name disorientation, like change is disorienting, I would let that Uh, cultivate in you uh, a sense of empathy towards the people you lead. So when you cast a new vision, when you try to reorient your people that you lead, there's going to be disorientation. And so there needs to be some empathy. Like, listen. You may have been thinking about something for the last six months. You've read a bunch of books. You're pumped about it. You know that's exactly where your organization needs to go, but you haven't told anyone else about it. So you've already gone through the disorientation of a new conviction. There's a paradigm shift. God has given me a new vision of where we need to go. You've already gone through that process and maybe grieved where you've been uh, and what and how things have been, and now you are. are Ready to charge forward. Just realize that no one else has gone through that luxury that you have, um, and so when you're when you're reorienting your people or you're setting a new direction, to have a level of empathy to to realize that you know you may have cultivated a whole model and culture for the last fifteen years that is now going to change, and um, so a level of empathy to walk them through that with grace and patience is, I think, crucial for leaders and. Uh, so as you think about that and just realize that change is disorienting, um, let it lead to a level of, of leadership, empathy on your part. That's good. Yeah, as, as we leave you guys,
0: I just want to give you a reminder, almost a charge, because I know that you're dealing with some kind of change, small, big, or there's a change you know you need to be dealing with that you've been stuffing away. And if you follow Jesus, then you have the Spirit of God within you. The Spirit of God brings us truth. We think of the Holy Spirit, yes, God, give me truth. Give me wisdom on this. The Spirit also brings comfort when we've made bad decisions or when we're just in a hard time and when we're grieving. Even if they are necessary good changes, the Holy Spirit brings comfort. But don't forget the Holy Spirit brings power. The ability to break through, we could lead the best possible way and it could all fall apart. People could freak out and run the other way and it may not be your fault. You could lead in the worst possible way. And somehow God could bring those pieces together. There is power. We are partnering in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not doing this on our own. This isn't about us putting three tricks in there. And that's actually what David and I believe about coaching and consulting. We don't just lead and give you good thoughts or principles along the way. Yes, we do ridiculously practical things with you to help you grow and learn. But we co-labor in the power of the Holy Spirit with you And so there's kind of this beautiful, um, I don't know, marriage or joining of the three together. We get to walk along with people. We get to sort of own some of your growth and change process, but to watch you take the next steps in the power of the Spirit, with the comfort of the Spirit, with the wisdom. And of course, in those next steps, God is there with you. So we want to make sure that it isn't just consulting talk and best practices. We're literally bringing it back to the Holy Spirit.
1: Well, as Alan and I have walked through seasons of change, um, grieving the losses that come with it, but also the excitement of God doing new works, um, bringing new mercies and graces into our life through um, just new experiences. And so we hope that our story um, has been encouraging to you as you wrestle through change. And just one big picture question that we want to leave you with is, can you name the season of change that you're in right now? Can you name the season of change that you're in right now? Whether you name it, you know, individually or with your spouse or with friends and family or with your team, can you name it, define it, describe it so that you can move forward with that change in mind? We pray that these conversations help you navigate the change that is life um, with some tools and some questions for you to process. So we'll see you in the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast
2: it is so long